everybody, and welcome to From the Mezzanine. I'm your host, Lindsay Stone, and let's get into this week's episode. How is everybody doing? What is up, you guys? Wow. I mean, like, I have had the craziest day, not gonna lie. My family is coming to visit me in New York City, and they fly in late tonight, and uh, I've been preparing for their visit all day. I've hung out with some friends, and... Uh, It has just been like a really busy day, and I'm going to tell you all about it because, well, I want to tell you all about this upcoming week because if you don't follow me on Instagram and TikTok, I will be posting all about our Broadway adventures. We are going to go and see How to Dance in Ohio. Fingers crossed we are going to see Merrily We Roll Along. If we don't see Merrily, we will see um, Shucked instead. We are going to go and see Spamalot because as I spoke about in my last episode when I recapped Spamalot, my family is a huge Monty Python family, and so we're we're really excited to go and see Spam a lot on Broadway because it's like the joining of two of our very beloved things, musicals and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So what could be better? Anyways, really excited about that. We're going to go to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I can't wait to see everybody there. Um, share. We're not going to get to see the Broadway performances. Brandy is going to be there, which is so cool. Um, honestly, like the lineup is kind of lacking this year, it feels like. In past years, like last time I went to the Thanksgiving Day Parade, they had Jordan Fisher, they had Renee Elise Goldsberry, they had Sarah Bareilles. It was like Broadway, Broadway, Broadway celebrity, one after another. And now it's just kind of like, share, mm, which is kind of sad. Um, and I wish that I was able to actually see the Broadway performances. But if you didn't know, that part of like the, the parade route is completely blocked off. So you can't go and see the Broadway performances, which is so lame. Like, come on. And I, honestly, just to tell you guys here, I reached out to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade to see if I could get seats over there. And they replied, but they didn't exactly understand what I was asking for. They were like, no, we can't have somebody to like speak on your podcast. I was like, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking to be able to view the Broadway performances, but whatever. No hard feelings, Macy's. I'll just watch them on my TV like everybody else, which is fine. That's what I'm used to. Um, But anyways, that is what I have to look forward to. I don't know if I already said this, but we're also going to go and see the Rockettes, which I've never seen before. So that's super cool. And we have really good seats. So I'm extremely excited about that. I had a little bit of a panic today. A lot of bit of a panic, actually, because Gutenberg has been posting these teasers about who is going to be their surprise producer. And today they posted a picture that was so blatantly obvious, not even a teaser, that Adina Menzel is going to be at Gutenberg tomorrow. Guess what is the only ticket that we bought? for like my family's visit. The only ticket that we have bought ahead of time because we plan on doing Rush for everything else is tomorrow's matinee, which is when Adina is going to be at Gutenberg. Like, oh my God, face palm to the max. I'm so sad. I went to the Belasco Theater today to try and figure out if I could exchange my tickets. Honestly, it's more headache than it's really worth. I desperately want to see How to Dance in Ohio, and I'm still really excited about that. But I'm going to see Adina Menzel any chance I could possibly get. And so the fact that she is going to be just literally two blocks away in Gutenberg, and I'm not going to be able to see her, really hurts my heart. But maybe I'll see her on the street or something. Adina, I love you. I wish I could go and see you at Gutenberg. And plus, I just love Gutenberg, and I would love for my family to go and see that all together. But you know what? The gods wanted us to see How to Dance in Ohio. So I guess that's what we'll see. And I'm not going to lie. I'm very excited for it. But at the same time, I'm just like, how could this have worked out? Like, this is just... This is just the craziest thing. But I'm excited to be a tourist in my own city again when my family comes and visits. We're going to do all kinds of touristy things, all kinds of holiday themed things. So it'll be so fun. And I'll get to break it all down with y'all next week. 
Um, but in other Broadway sort of happenings that have been going on, there's been quite a bit. A lot of milestones have been hit recently. What with the Wicked 20th anniversary and then just this week, I walked past Chicago's theater because I walk past it every day to get to work. Um, and I was like, something is going on. They had like press people outside of it. Come to find out that Chicago is now the longest running American Broadway musical. Uh, is that a little bit of a stretch? They're kind of just making something I mean 27 years so they're so they hit the 27 year mark which makes them the longest running American Broadway show but we all know Phantom ran for 35 but that's not an American musical so of course it's a milestone and I love to celebrate any milestone but when I saw that I had to read the posting multiple times to be like what am I missing? Because this is not the longest running show. No, it's the longest running American Broadway show, which is still a huge accomplishment. And I have a feeling their goal is to beat out Phantom in a mere seven years. So that'll be huge. And honestly, like, that doesn't make sense to me. I've never seen Chicago, so I suppose I shouldn't talk on it much. However, like, the fact that that is the longest running American Broadway show, like, that's not what I would expect. It's only a matter of time until Wicked surpasses them all. And that makes a lot of sense to me. But really, Chicago, they're not high in the grosses. You know, it'll be it'll be Wicked. It'll be Hamilton. These are like the shows that are still so relevant and maintain their spot at the top of the Broadway grosses. But maybe when... Maybe when Chicago was in its heyday, it was at the top of the grosses. It just kind of seems like they have the funding to stay on, so they stay. But anyways, congrats to Chicago, not me being a hater over here, because 27 years is awesome, especially for an American Broadway show. Um, but yeah, way to go. And then Andrew Liette also celebrated their one year on Broadway. I saw that they have a tour outfit from one of Britney Spears concerts, like out in the theater which is so cool. I want to go see Angeliette just to see a costume that Britney Spears wore on tour because that is so cool. But uh, yeah, congratulations to Angeliette as well. Um, congratulations to my Broadway boyfriend, Felipe Arroyo, because I love you and uh, you deserve one year on Broadway. And the whole cast, what an accomplishment. One year. Guys, you really have to celebrate all of these accomplishments and milestones on Broadway because nothing lasts. Things close left and right. You never know how long your success is going to go on for. So we've got to be proud and celebrate the, the wins, any wins, big or small. So with all of these celebrations, folks, let's head on into our Broadway grosses and see what our front runners are for this week on Broadway. This is for the week ending on November 12th. And number one, we have Lion King. Two, we have Hamilton. Three, we have Merrily We Roll Along. And then four, we have Wicked. I hardly didn't even have to look. I knew Wicked was going to come in fourth because that is crazy that Hamilton is two. Usually Wicked is two. So this is a new development with Merrily actually beating out Wicked for the first time. Maybe Wicked was just at the top because they had been celebrating all of their 20th anniversary things. And uh, obviously we're making hella bang from all of the pink show, the green show, the 20th anniversary and all of that. So now I guess... Maybe the grosses have kind of worked their way back down for Wicked to their normal setting, and that has caused Merrily to be able to bump them out of the top three. We have Sweeney at number five. MJ the Musical is six. 
Moulin, oh no, whoa, Back to the Future is seven, meaning Moulin Rouge has been bumped down to eight. Usually they love their seventh place. Harry Potter is nine and Aladdin is 10. Just to tell you guys what's right there below the 10th mark, we have Anne Juliet at 11 and Gutenberg at 12 and six at 13. Great week in the Broadway grosses. I love it when things don't stay the same. I love some good fluctuation. I don't love when Wicked has been bumped out of the top three, but it's not going to be forever because Merrily is a limited run. And hopefully next week, my money will be calculated into these Broadway grosses for Merrily because I want to see it so bad. But guys, it is a holiday week, so prices are up a little bit. But the cheapest ticket that I could find for Merrily was $300 for the back. That's crazy. But I feel like we harp on that cost every single week, practically. So we don't need to give it any more uh, screen time. And I just think that my family would really, everybody would really enjoy Merrily because it has Daniel Radcliffe. It's got Jonathan Groff. I love Lindsay Mendez. And actually, matter of fact, Merrily We Roll Along is one of our news stories this week. So we will talk more about that in just a quick second. But our first news story, let's go ahead and get into it. Spamalot has celebrated their opening night on Broadway. And guess who is in attendance? I'll give you one guess. Miss Ariana Grande. Yeah. Ariana's actually in the studio with us today, guys. Did y'all just hear that? <laughs> I'm going to try and do it again. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. But yes, Ariana has made two appearances now at Spamalot. And um, one at the opening preview and one now at the opening night, which is incredible for their PR. Like, I'm sure their PR team is just like, Ariana, girl, like, come in those doors whenever you feel like it. You don't even have to pay for a ticket. But Ariana brought her grandma, which is really sweet, which leads us to believe that Ethan Slater has met the family. He's obviously met the grandmother. So I can only imagine that this is a pretty serious relationship if Ariana is bringing along Granny to her boyfriend's show. So that's that says something about where their relationship is progressing. But anyways, that's cool. It's always cool to have like a mega superstar at a Broadway show, much less a Broadway opening. But she's not the only one who was in attendance. Let's talk about the other incredible Broadway celebrities who showed up and showed out at the Spamalot opening night. For one, we got a POTUS reunion. Now, the real ones out there will know what POTUS was. It was a play that was on Broadway two seasons ago. And a lot of them showed up to the Spamalot opening and they even were all together. We had Rachel Dratch, Vanessa Williams, Julie White, and Leah Delaria. They all got a photo together which I love to see this old cast rekindling together at an opening night. So cool. We also had Victor Garber there, Adam Pascal, gotta love him. Sam Pauli and Eva Noblezada also attended together. You know, the Gatsby co-stars showing up at an opening. I love that. Bringing a little bit of Gatsby from off-Broadway to on-Broadway. And Zachary Levi was also there. So this was star-studded, not to mention that the cast itself is very star-studded with Spamalot, James Monroe Eagleheart, and Michael Yuri and... Taryn Killam. So this was star-studded for a reason. These folks have really cool connections. I saw some of the SNL cast members were there. So what a fun opening night on Broadway. I really wish I could have gone. Um, but with every opening night, we get the opening reviews, the critical reviews. And I would not have expected that they would have been as positive as they were. These reviews were just shining 
They loved it. The critics love Spamalot on Broadway. So congratulations, Spamalot. I want to read y'all one review, just an excerpt. This is from Charles Isherwood with the Wall Street Journal. They said, quote, in prospect, the notion of a revival struck me as premature. Spamalot, again, already? The show closed on Broadway in 2009 after a run of almost four years. But within just a few blissful minutes, any reservations were vanquished. In fact, the arrival of this production, blazing like a burst of summer sunshine as winter draws near, seems perfectly timed. Who could resist the impulse to bask in a couple hours of deliriously funny escapism at a time when the world seems to be getting grimmer by the day? Among other things, this joyously juvenile and sublimely funny travesty of legend reminds us that people in the Middle Ages were probably as buffoonish and bloodthirsty as they are today. Quote. But seriously, guys, across the board, I looked at multiple reviews. People are loving Spamalot. The critics really are raving about this show, which is huge. I feel like I haven't seen a critical response like this to a Broadway show in a really, really long time. The last one we read was we read the reviews for um, Gutenberg. I can't remember if we did it for Harmony. And Gutenberg was even so wishy-washy across the board. And so this is a huge success for Spamalot. I have to say that I was surprised. I didn't think that it would be so well received. I knew that it was great and I fully support it. But the critical review, you never know. It's a toss up. And so I'm very happy to see that Spamalot did really well with their critical reviews. So congratulations, Spamalot. This has just been the week of surprises, and over at Merrily We Roll Along, we got another huge surprise in the fact that they just dropped their cast album at midnight this week. No no press or marketing beforehand. They just all of a sudden announced it on November 14th at the bows of the evening performance. Uh, Jonathan Groff took to the stage and he said, we're releasing our cast album tonight at midnight. And so, guys, the cast album of Merrily is out for your listening pleasure probably wherever you get music. I listen on Spotify. I know a lot of my listeners listen on Apple Music, so I'm sure it's there too. But go and take a listen to Merrily. It's good. And this is the first time I've ever listened to any of the music. After it dropped, I, I listened. I don't think I listened to the whole entire thing, but I got pretty much all the way through it. And it is so Sondheim. It is so genuinely Sondheim. Like all of the chords and the harmonies and it sounds like such a classic musical. You can figure out a lot about the story by just listening to the music. And I really did not know what the story, what the plot was for Merrily We Roll Along. And I gotta say, like, I'm really interested. Like, it made me only more interested to see it and to hear Jonathan Groff's voice. Oh, my God. Like on the cast album, it just made me be like, I got to be in that theater to hear it with my own two ears. And then Daniel Radcliffe really impressed me as well on the cast album. He sounded really, really incredible. And then just the threesome of them, the friends, the three friends of the show, it sounds like they have a really good camaraderie. And uh, it just sounds like it just gave me all the more reason to want to see the show. And uh so I'm really hoping that we'll get to. But yeah, guys, this is a huge announcement. We're not waiting around for months for this cast album to come out or when they just announce cast album is coming out and then never release it because that happens. No, they announced it just a couple of hours before it actually went live on your listening platforms, which is amazing. And so that was just a wonderful, pleasant surprise this week that we got from Merrily We Roll Along. 
We are just running straight through all of these news stories. Our third story of this week is that Steve Carell is coming to Broadway. Stay calm, everybody. Stay calm. It's happening. Steve Carell is going to be arriving on Broadway in a new play. Well, not a new play. In a play called Uncle Vanya. It is going to begin previews on April 2nd with an opening on April 24th. And it is going to be playing at the Lincoln Center, more specifically at the Vivian Beaumont Theater. Wow, wow, wow. I cannot express my excitement enough that I am probably going to see Steve Carell on Broadway. That just hit me. I am probably going to see Steve Carell with my own two eyes. I don't know how I can do that. Do I wish that he was going to be arriving in a musical rendition of The Office? Of course I do. I love The Office. I don't know. Well, yeah, we've talked about this because uh, previously I did a Hamilton version of The Office, like Dreamcasted. Isn't that what I did on on an episode? I think it was The Office is Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, So yeah, y'all know I love The Office. And the fact that I would be able to see Steve Carell, like that is my father. Like Steve Carell is everything. And this is not a comedic play, I don't think. It, I, I, the, let me read the synopsis of it and we can just figure it out together because I'm pretty sure it's a pretty serious play, which ever since The Office, I feel it, well, ever since The Office and Anchorman, he's been doing a lot more serious roles. So it only makes sense that he arrives on Broadway in a serious play. Um, but I want him to go back. Come on, like, be the funny man. You're so good. You're so good, Steve Carell. But let's read about what this show is actually about. So to quote the New York Times, they say, quote, Uncle Vanya is a dark Russian drama first performed in 1899 about a rural family whose dreary but stable routine is disrupted when the property's long absent owner, a retired professor, comes to visit with his new and much younger wife. So Steve Carell is going to be playing the country estate's long-suffering administrator, and this person is also the brother of the professor's first wife. Okay, so maybe that'll make more sense when we go see the show. So is he the lead? I don't even think he's the lead because he says it's the, he's the brother of the professor. No, the brother of the professor's first wife. Make it make sense. I don't know. I think I need to see this show to actually figure out who Steve Carell is playing. And apparently this is actually Uncle Vanya's 11th production on Broadway. So this show has been around the block. Why is it the first time I'm hearing of it? I have no clue, but I'm sure it's tried and true. It's been playing since 1899. This is so wild. It really makes me wonder, like, Obviously, I feel like a lot of actors want to come to Broadway at some point and they probably get a lot of offers, but they turn them down and turn them down. It makes me wonder why they finally accept the offer. Um, And so I'm curious why Steve Carell thinks that Uncle Vanya is the right move and the first show that he wants to be in on Broadway. Um, But maybe once I see it, I'll be like, of course. But yeah, this is so exciting. I'm so excited to see Steve Carell on Broadway and with my own two eyes, like, oh my God, if I could go to opening night, that would be insane. Also, like, I I do love a serious play. I saw To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway and it was amazing. Um, But at the same time, like, I saw that with what's his name? I'm gonna look it up. What's his name? Oh, gosh. Jeff Daniels. So he was from Dumb and Dumber. So he's like known as a funny man kind of actor. And then he was playing the lawyer Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird. And he was amazing. So it is it is always great to see these funny man actors turned Broadway serious play actors. Um, But 
anyways, I hope this is just the first of many shows that Steve Carell is going to be in on Broadway. Who else could you like imagine him being Harold, Harry Zidler? <laughs> oh my God. In Moulin Rouge. Oh my God. That would be so funny. Steve Carell is Harold Zidler. Oh my God. That is, that is like the perfect casting. If I, if I heard that news, I would be there every night. Actually, guys, this is so funny. This is full circle. One time we went to go see the Moulin Rouge. I say one time because we've been so many times. But one time when we went, we could have sworn there was a guy in the audience that looked just like Steve Carell. We were all freaking out. We were like, is that Steve Carell? So it's like full circle moment. But Steve, your next Broadway venture, please. Harold Zidler in Moulin Rouge. It's perfect. That would be so amazing. Can he sing? I mean, we all know the Scranton song, the Scranton rap, Scranton, what the electric city. Can Steve Carell sing, though? I mean, Harold Zidler doesn't have to be like an amazing singer, though. So let's do that. Let's do our serious play that I'm sure is amazing and probably very critically acclaimed, Uncle Vanya. And then let's give the people what they want and come to the Moulin Rouge and be Harold Zidler. Wow. I love it when I have these amazing eye-opening ideas on the podcast. Just I'm, I love that. I have one more news story that I want to bring to you guys this week. It has just been a busy week in Broadway news. And our last news story to close it out is that Tammy Faye, the musical, is headed to Broadway in the 2024-2025 season. So I first heard about this. I was watching Watch What Happens Live because uh, Andrew Rannells and Josh Gad were on it. And one of the questions that was asked is if this show is coming to Broadway. And Andrew Rannells gave a very cheeky response saying, Something to the idea of, I think that it could come to Broadway very soon. And if you don't know, this was a West End show. It won the Olivier Award. And it was playing on the West End for a limited run. And Andrew Rannells played like the the husband of Tammy Faye. I can't remember his name right now. Anyway, so he, he was one of the leads. And he was hinting at the fact that, yeah, it's probably coming to Broadway. And now he just got news that it is officially, officially coming to Broadway. And um, but that's really all we know. We don't know exactly when. But let's learn a little bit more about this show. So the music is written by Elton John, which makes us feel like we have a for sure hit. And if you've seen Gutenberg, I just had another realization that they keep making a joke about writing a musical isn't easy. Thanks a lot, Elton John. Or no, they say like, here's to you, Elton John. And But I just realized that that might be a joke kind of about Tammy Faye since Andrew Rannells was just in a musical written by Elton John. Wow. I love it when these connections happen. Um, but anyways, if you don't know who Tammy Faye is, she was an evangelical Christian. She had her own TV program. She became incredibly wealthy. I believe there was some criminal issues involved, some adultery with her husband, and they were supposed to be like these pinnacles of the church community, but they had a lot of secrets. And uh, it's a very interesting story. There's a lot of documentaries on it. There's a movie on it that recently came out with Jessica Chastain. I loved that movie. Is that the one that Andrew, the other Andrew was in? Spider-Man Andrew? Yeah. Didn't he play the guy in that one? Or maybe that was, there's a lot of movies about Tammy Faye right now. Um, It's a very interesting story. I have no clue how it would be translated into a music how. I honestly can't see this being a good musical, but if the music is by Elton John, I'm sure where there's a will, there's a way. But I'm intrigued by this because it's a very intriguing story. 
I don't see it as a musical, but nevertheless, if it is Andrew Rannells in it, I'm there every night and um, and I'll definitely be interested in seeing it. But we've got some time before it comes. It's coming next season. So we can't jump the gun and get too excited right away because we've got some time between now and then. Well, guys, that wraps up this week's episode of From the Mezzanine. I can't wait for next week when I can recap all of the shows that I am seeing this week with my family. It'll be such a fun episode next week. I am so looking forward to it, and I hope you guys are too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please leave me a five-star review wherever you are listening right now if you enjoyed it. It is so simple. It takes just a couple of seconds on Spotify. You just simply like tap the stars, and that's it. Also, follow the podcast while you're at it. And also, while you're at it, go ahead and share this episode with your musical theater-loving bestie. I am sure that they will enjoy it just as much as you do. Please find me on all of my social media links. You can find those links in the show notes below. Or I am on Instagram and TikTok at From the Mezzanine Podcast. Thank you guys once again for listening, and I will see you next Tuesday. Bye! Bye!